Welcome to Seismic Sound Off, exploring the depth and usefulness of geophysics for the scientific community and the public. I'm your host, Andrew Gary. This podcast takes joy in highlighting the humanitarian work of geophysicists worldwide. So it's my honor to welcome Steve Roach on the podcast to discuss his current Geoscientists Without Borders project addressing volcano preparedness in Guatemala. Steve's GWB project addresses the geohazard resiliency and safety of the communities in Guatemala. His project implements community-based educational workshops about earthquake and volcanic hazards. Steve's project also increases Guatemala's seismic and volcanic monitoring capacity while reducing disaster response time. In this inspiring conversation, Steve provides his on-the-ground perspective on the project and offers what's been accomplished so far and his vision for the project's future. This conversation provides a first-hand look at how geophysics impacts communities through using the tools and knowledge that geophysicists have to give. And Steve is the perfect guest to showcase all that can be accomplished. Seismic Soundoff would like to provide this special announcement for graduate students active in research or early career professionals. The Early Career Subcommittee of the SEG Research Committee is receiving nominations of new members to serve the term 2023 through 2025. This subcommittee is open to graduate students active in research or early career professionals up to three years post-graduation. As part of the SEG Research Committee, the Early Career Subcommittee provides their opinion, advice, and vision to the research direction and goals of SEG from the perspective of career starters. If you are passionate about contributing to shaping the future of applied geophysics, please indicate your interest by sending a resume and cover letter by September 30th. The details are listed on the show notes for this episode. And now, my conversation with Steve Roach. I'm excited to speak with you. You are leading the most recent project that's currently ongoing. Why has Guatemala been a good fit for GWB projects over the years? The way I look at it, I think we have a good mix of the need in Guatemala for geohazards. This is at a, we call it a triple boundary where we have the North America and Caribbean plates and the Cocos plate all coming together in a plate tectonic framework leads to a very healthy belt of volcanoes and a high rate of seismicity that can potentially produce large earthquakes. So I see the need for it. And then in place in Guatemala between the universities and a group called INCIBAME, which is the equivalent of the USGS, they have the expertise in place. But I would say generally underfunded. So that's where the GWB can come in as a catalyst, allowing both funding and expertise to come in and just kind of lift the whole system in terms of technical capabilities. That's how I see it. And and Steve, you sort of have an interesting history with Guatemala because your relationship and interest in this country has long superseded this GWB project. Can you tell us a little bit about what the main goals of this project are? I think the main goals were to uh, increase the technical capacity for monitoring for geohazards. And the commonality is specifically monitoring seismicity. My part was I wanted to elevate 
the the regional or countrywide capacity for monitoring earthquakes? Can we just kind of lift the monitoring capabilities across the entire country? So that's that's kind of where we're headed with it. And you're probably far enough along on the project to to dream a little bit. So what outcomes would you consider this project successful? Sure. It's always, uh, as you get to one outcome, you kind of check it off and try to move on to the next one. But I'm very happy with the project. One of the things that has already been accomplished and has been in place probably for about six months is that we brought in 21 new sensors low-cost raspberry shake seismometers, uh, brought them into the country, all 21 are deployed, and actively streaming data into Incivime. So we essentially doubled the number of sensors that they have available to them. So that alone was a benchmark for the project, and we got there, and I'm real happy with it. Since then, there's been the... uh, the minor victories that you can't predict, but when they happen, you just love it. And one of them is that these um, low-cost sensors are so easy to use that in Sivame, in one circumstance, was able to note that an earthquake swarm was developing in one part of the country along the border with El Salvador. And then they made the call to relocate two of the sensors put it right in the area of the earthquake swarm. They were able to do this like within six hours. They gave a quick phone call to me and I said, yeah, let's do it. And so they immediately had sensors right on top of the swarm and were able to monitor. And in fact, they're putting together a paper on it. It's, But just seeing the responsiveness of the group and knowing that it was because we had helped put that infrastructure in place was good. How do you see this particular GWB project supporting the UN's sustainable development goals? Well, we had to focus on that because that's part of the proposal. We listed four. What we tried to hit on was number three, which is good health and well-being. So if we can help minimize damage and loss of life due to geohazards, be it a major seismic event or volcanic eruption, we can address that. Uh, number four, quality education, tying into the universities there in Guatemala City, linking them with the expertise in the U.S., just trying to bring the geoscience education up. We'll address that. And eventually in our project, hopefully within our two-year part, we want to start creating material for education that can go down into the secondary schools. And then goals 11 and 17 are you know, sustainable cities and communities, and then partnerships for these goals. And what I think we're nicely hitting on are two sets of partnerships. One is working with Incivime, USAC, which is the university in Guatemala City, and then the U.S. universities that are involved. It's it's not just uh, University of Tulsa and Ohio State University, but also Dr. Jake Walter with the uh, Oklahoma Geological Survey with OU as as an advisor on the project. So that's a nice partnership at the technical level. But the one I'm really happy with is that in Guatemala, one of the things that Hearts in Motion has done over the years has been training what's known as the Bomberos Voluntarios. It's basically the volunteer firefighting network 
They've been training these groups, having them come up to the U.S. to work with U.S. firemen, and a lot of cross-training going back and forth. So what we looked at was, well, if we can strengthen this relationship between Incivimony, Hearts in Motion, the NGO on the ground, and now the volunteer firefighting group, which they're going to be in the role of first responders if we have a major event, let's tie that group together. And so we've already done some outreach events where the Incivimate people come out. We have the volunteer firefighters all in one conference room, and they talk about how we're doing you know, earthquake monitoring, uh, the aspects of Incivimate's earthquake early warning system, and then trying to prepare for hopefully what's not going to happen, but the major event. Mm. That being that proactive and those partnerships, that sounds very nice. Those are kind of three separate groups you wouldn't necessarily think would all be coming together. So that's pretty, pretty awesome there. When you think on this project to date, you know, what has been the most enriching experience for you personally? For me, is watching the interactions develop between the, the firefighting community and in Civimate, and then specifically how great the Incivimate group has been in embracing the project. Going in, I envisioned that uh, the tasks of deploying the instruments, establishing the connections to the internet, so the, the data telemetry and all that, I thought that would primarily be the burden of myself and the Hearts in Motion group in Guatemala. So I planned for multiple trips to go down and do it. The way it actually rolled out is that in Civime and their seismology group, led by Diego Castro, fully embraced the project. And now they are actively doing the deployment and maintaining the instruments. And the funding that I would have had to expend to do that now increases their capacity to watch over the array. So for me, that's almost the thing that brings the biggest smile to my face, that how how well the project's progressing on that level. Yeah, what a great way to repurpose that money for something even more useful long-term. Uh, that's amazing. And, you know, this is the third GWB project in Guatemala focusing on geohazards. And in looking across these three projects holistically, how do you see these projects contributing to the scientific understanding of geohazards in Guatemala? I think on that, it's primarily going to be through the uh, increasing the technical c capabilities of the seismic array, whether it's one focused on the volcanoes or the regional seismicity. There's been more and more work focusing on the seismic precursors to volcanic eruptions. So anything we could do there to help in Civime and the group will bear fruit. And actually, one of the elements of what we've put in place within Civime falls back to these low-cost sensors that are easily moved. We have a working plan within our group that if, say, the volcanic activity starts to pick up at Pacaya, they can quickly move sensors from the regional part to focus on the volcano, perhaps getting a better prediction capacity for, for that event. So I see that we've, we've helped make the whole monitoring network more nimble and responsive, which I think is a, a really nice aspect. Yeah, that, that ability to, to move things so easily, that's, that's such a useful aspect of those tools. 
What do you hope will be the legacy of your project? On one level, I hope it's a quiet legacy that we've, we help contribute to incremental, small scientific ad- advancements, uh, learnings from, say, monitoring smaller eruptions, smaller earthquakes. I'd prefer that the legacy associated with a major catastrophic event, although I hope we could play in a role in it, I hope doesn't become what our legacy is. So we have to be willing to uh, let the project be quiet, but knowing that we're getting the whole community ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing of just almost wanting your name to never be uttered again after you finish this project. <laughs> Unless it's like, thank you for, for your work. But yeah, we, we never needed to, to utilize this in the full capacity that we could have. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a different way to look at a project, especially career in geophysics where everything is being goal-oriented. Can you figure out this problem? Can you land this well correctly? This and this, where you want to do something quiet like this. But the just the incalculable benefit to the the people in in these in this region that can rest a little easier just knowing that this stuff does exist, I'm sure it is really providing measurable benefits now. And another aspect could be is that currently it's very difficult this whole field of earthquake prediction. You know, it's it's just not really feasible at the moment. So that's why you hear focus on earthquake early warning systems, that the event has occurred, but can you give people a 10, 20, 30-second heads up to respond to it? But I'm confident that in time, the bright young scientists of today may make progress towards earthquake production. So part of our legacy might be that at least we will be able to give them a long history of recording seismicity as the data for their research. So that would be that'd be a cool legacy that we were able to participate on that level. That's a lovely way to think about it. Do you have any principal teaching or experience that you feel has helped you succeed in your GWB project? Well, yes, and that was part of the attraction of working with Hearts in Motion. So they're they're a faith-based Christian group, which is how we got tied into them in the first place. But I try to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. And one of those at a, at a basis, what can you do day-to-day level is service to others. So that is part of my motivation or my uh, push to do a project like this, service towards others. A second principle, I had a, a mentor always stress on me that, you know, don't worry about credit on a project. In fact, he used to say, it's amazing what you could get done if you don't care who gets the credit. That's hard for me, but I try to remember that on this. You know, can we just act as the catalyst and make something happen? And I think that's actually part of what GWB is able to do, is act as a catalyst. Is there anything, Steve, I, I should have asked that I did not? Yes. One aspect of using these Raspberry Shake sensors is that it is uh, public data. So anyone can go to the Raspberry Shake site. In fact, search on Raspberry Shake station view. A world map comes up showing all the deployed sensors worldwide. And you can drill down into any area. And if you go to Guatemala, you'll see our sensors focused. And you can, I would encourage people that if you have interest, play with it. You can log into stations, see the data, 
at a geo level, it's or a geo nerd level, it's really interesting to do that. Yeah, that kind of goes to you speaking about the legacy of the project. If you have this data open, you, who knows what someone could take it and, and do with it. That's pretty exciting. Well, Steve, I appreciate you highlighting this project. We're excited to see what happens over the next year and into the future for the legacy of this project. Thank you. And I, I want to express gratitude towards GWB as well for uh, letting us do this project. You reached the end of Seismic Sound Off. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to be the first to know about the next episode, please follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Two of my favorites are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have episode ideas, feedback for the show, or want to sponsor a future episode, visit seg.org podcast and find the box titled Contact Seismic Sound Off. Zach Bridges created original music for this show. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at Treasurement. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.